you just have to be really honest with yourself, I think on it. Exactly. Um, and if you're going to go do a tempo, like you said, and it's like an eight mile tempo and you're like, oh no, like it did feel good. Like, I know that means like I'm fitter than last year. Um, then yeah, of course, that's just a good sign. I just think people tend to put maybe too much emphasis on it and try to get, it's like insecurity. They're like, am I fit? Am I fit? Am I fit? And then it's like, you're trying to figure out from every day, are you fit? Like, oh, today's run didn't go well. Maybe I'm not fit. It's like, or maybe you just like didn't sleep well last night. Maybe you're just stressed from fighting with your your, boyfriend. They're like, yeah. Welcome or welcome back to the Bertrand podcast, Running Long. I'm your host, Francesco Puppi, and I'm a professional athlete for Nike and also a Bertrand coach. Today's guest is Dan Kurtz, a professional trail runner for Brooks coming from New Hampshire, United States, with PRs of 343 in the 1500 meters, sub 4 minutes in the mile, and 1338 in the 5K. Dan is a really fast and really talented runner whose main focus is on mountain running and the sub-ultra distances. This year, Dan won the US Mountain Running Up and Down Champs, and he competed at the World Trail and Mountain Running Championship in Innsbruck, Austria, where unfortunately he got sick and didn't have his best performance, which kind of affected the rest of his season. In this episode, we talk about dance training, how road and track fitness can translate into trail fitness, trail workouts versus track and road running workouts. We talk about the Northwood athletic team and training with a track star like Ben True. We talk about the trail scene in the east of the United States, where Dan is based with his girlfriend, Lauren Gregory, and his teammate, Ariel Lipuma and Ben True. Before we go, for those who are new here, Bertrand is the number one training app for trail and ultramarathon runners of all levels. Our mission is to make trail running accessible to everybody everywhere through affordable coaching. And this is why our coaching plans cost only $25 a month. With your Bertram subscription, you will get a personal coach who checks in with you each week to answer your questions, adjust your training plan, and keep you accountable and inspired. For those of you who want to give training with Vertron a try, you can take 30% off your first month of training with the code RUNNINGLONG30. So here we go. Without further ado, please welcome Dan Kurtz. Dan Kurtz, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Of course, it's good to catch up with you. Um, how are you? And um, maybe could you give the audience a short introduction of who you are and what you do, where you're from, and what's your story? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been good, been good. Um, just in a bit of a towards the end of the season, doing some training. It's getting snowy out where I live, so um, yeah, I'm. I live out on the east coast of the United States, so I'm from Maine originally, which is the furthest northeast. That's and awesome. right now I train up in uh, on the border with Vermont and New Hampshire. Um, so since it's the end of November here, we are getting some snow and it's getting pretty cold, but yeah, training's been good. So yeah, I've just been running on the trails for the last probably year and a half, competing on the trails at least, and before that I grew up racing on the track and cross country and kind of a more classic us-based um 
you know, growing up running the story. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I wanted to spend a few words on your usual training playground, uh, which is kind of unusual for an American trail runner on the East Coast, uh, as op opposed, opposed to the West Coast or Colorado, where most trail runners are from. Um, I've actually been lucky enough to visit New Hampshire uh, in 2016 when I did the Mount Washington road race. So I was traveling through New Hampshire for a while. And it's beautiful. Like, it seems like the perfect playground that I would choose for running, not just trail running, I mean, distance running as a whole, because you have such good dirt roads, you have mountains, you have pretty much everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I think people, so, you know, Eric Lukuma. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he trains out here too. He's one yeah. of my buddies. Um, and then my girlfriend, uh, Lauren Gregory, just moved out here. She's on, she's with, she's teammates with you on the Nike team, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a little group of us out here, but I really like it. I think it's probably, some of it I think is maybe more similar to Europe. Um, and that's without having very much time in Europe, but <laughs> in, in terms of terrain, you mean, because it, the, the reputation of the East coast is that is the trails are pretty steep and technical, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's very few, all the trails are so old. There's very few mm -hmm. like switchbacks. Um, yeah. everything is pretty direct and steep, which yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of. And especially since you're not at altitude, you can run, um, if you're willing to hurt pretty good, you can run a lot of the really steep stuff still. Um, and then I, I will say the thing that's kind of hidden that people don't, people kind of forget about is there's so many um, ski resorts out here. Mm -hmm. And when people are skiing, they think Colorado and Utah for good reason, yeah. but Mont and New Hampshire have more ski resorts than Colorado and Utah actually. And since it's such a small area, like I can get to the other side of Vermont in like 90 minutes drive okay. and i'm i'm in new hampshire right now um there's just all of these places to train that i think kind of get looked over um yeah i really love it i think the nice this nice stat about vermont is that there are um more dirt roads than paved roads yeah that's awesome that's like the yeah. ultimate dream for yeah for for <laughs> me at least <laughs> because yeah, you know when i, I when i went to colorado yeah, of course, the trails are really nice. The mountains are impressive and very beautiful. But what we don't have here in Europe is like dirt roads like Magnolia Road or that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And since New Hampshire and Vermont is full of that, even not, even if it's not at altitude, it's like yeah. the ultimate dream for me. <laughs> also, yeah. because like I, I don't like extremely technical routes. And on average, like the U.S. trails are not as technical and not as steep as the European ones. But it's just nice to be able to run on rolling keels and still be able to do a relatively long distance. Like, it's not that I want to go out and, you know, do 10 miles in three hours. I like to see maybe the numbers and it's yeah. much nicer to see you know, 20 miles in three hours or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely times when you go on the wrong route here and you're just barely moving. It's, yeah. it's fun. But then 
yeah we have the dirt roads can be really hilly mm -hmm. um basically there's the town over from us is called woodstock vermont and basically any side out of town you have like a 10 to 1200 foot climb um just on on the dirt and they're just there's nothing that's like there's no like couple thousand foot climbs on the dirt yeah. roads there, but it's like thousand foot hill thousand foot descent thousand foot hill like it's kind of death by a thousand cuts <laughs> and they're just mm -hmm. they're just hard and they pitch really steep and um, they're good training but then the issue for me is when we're on the dirt roads you end up it's it's like you're not trail running anymore you're actually running yeah yeah, yeah. and so we'll be doing of like, course like 620 average you know for like a 13 miler with like 2,000 feet of climbing and you're just like it's just hard <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know, with your background, I think it comes relatively easy compared to the type of training that a lot of trail runners are used to do, uh, like just moving pretty slowly in the mountains and doing a ton of vert and just like I assume that you still like to keep a a focus on on intensity and a speed that allows you to run with a good form, you know, uh, since you have yeah. a middle distance type of background. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure that out a little bit. I would say like last year, um, when I jumped into trails, my first race was the U S championship, um, on the classic race. And it was out in New York state, um, at this mountain called Whiteface. Yep. And it was so tough it was so tough um i ended up not finishing i got in the gondola up top and took it back down to the bottom of the resort because i was like my legs were shot um it was seven miles with maybe i don't remember the stats but maybe seven miles and like four thousand feet of climbing and descending um so like the third mile we had like 1800 feet of climbing and i was just shot because i was i i wasn't used to it yet yeah um and so since then i've kind of been realizing more and more um that that ability to i can do a short climb quite well i can do a any of the flat sections quite well but the whole of the course ends up being tough so like if there's a hard climb into like a flat run i feel like i can't take advantage of maybe of my course. ability to have a good 5k flat yep. versus other people there um and so that's been the big challenge like yep. in my head that i have to figure out and so especially like this winter i want to um really kind of focus on just volume and threshold work um i would love to just spend a lot of time doing threshold efforts on an incline treadmill um because I, i i know like I feel quite comfortable on technical terrain. I like descending. Um, I think I have like all the pieces. It's just if I can put them together. Or yeah, not. of course. Um, I think from a training perspective, since you're coming from a road track background, you lack a little bit of that muscular endurance and yeah, fatigue sure. res resistance that you need um, on the trails, like to to keep the intensity and the pace on a long climb or a long descent, because mm -hmm. of course the muscular engagement is, is much higher than when you're running on flat terrain. 
So yeah. that's the main reason, but it's not like you don't have the engine or, you know, the, the metabolic uh, fitness to, to do that. It's just that you need to train your, your legs, your muscles to, to do this, like to produce this effort. It's been so interesting because there's times where, yeah, like I could put out a very good, whatever, like couple dozen minute climb or something just like balls to the wall like climbing really hard but it's it's then if I got up top and then had to race people flat um I would I would struggle and so yeah yeah like you said I think just building that fatigue resistance and muscular endurance um and so yeah I've been trying to add in longer runs um I do think I'm a little bit maybe more fast twitch than a lot of yeah. um, runners. And so I think some of the first couple of times I was doing those, it was just beating me up pretty good. Um, and I would just be like going real, so slow. And then I'd still be like, Oh, like so fatigued by the end. But um, certainly my goal for this winter and leading up to next, uh, next summer season is just to put in a lot of volume and uh, that'll be a mix between skiing and running. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about skiing because I know that the area where you're living is quite popular for cross-country skiing. That's right. And not, not just uh, alpine skiing, downhill skiing. Yeah. Um, is that where you're you're planning to do this winter? Um, so there's also like becoming more and more and more uphill skiing. Um, like schema. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a dartmouth college is yep. where i am like in that little area and so dartmouth has their own like it's called the dartmouth skiway and so there's like a ski um ski hill area for dartmouth and so they do a night a weekly schema race um i don't know if i'll hop into one of those but i'll definitely be doing like uphill laps and stuff um and then yeah cross-country skiing is really big here so the NCAA championships is being for cross country skiing is being hosted here next winter. Um, so the facilities being revamped right now and it's awesome. They're like awesome. putting in all of these, like the trails they're revamping are awesome. I actually did a workout on them yesterday, um, just running, but it's going to be like the best four season training place. I'm so excited about it. It's like wide yeah. flat manicured grass that's just really rolling. Um, I got to come out there for, to train for a cross country. <laughs> yeah. Come out. Come run with Ben. It would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's been, that's been good. And I didn't grow up skiing. So last winter I kind of jumped in to try to teach myself how to do it. Um, and I bought like an old van and just skied out of the van with my, um college teammate who was also like learning to ski it was kind of a disaster but it was fun <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's proven to be very successful for jim wamsley for example and yeah. of course it does uh, different races than than you but yeah why wouldn't it work <laughs> so i yeah. mean in the end it's about you know finding ways to to build the fitness and it doesn't necessarily have to be only running um especially during the winter where 
when training doesn't need to be so specific. Of course, as we go towards the summer, it's more important to to just focus on, focus on running. But in order to build a good strength and endurance base, I think during the winter time, um, a cross training activity is very beneficial. Yeah, last winter I did like really kind of scare myself though because um our u.s championship was really early and it was actually out in new hampshire it was probably like 20 30 minutes from here the um, sunapi scramble right yeah it was at such a small it was so funny because i wanted it i was like because everyone thinks like the east coast is so dinky and all this stuff and like so like the mountains are tiny and we had it on like the smallest it was like an 1800 foot climb like that's all we could do at the place um and everyone's like, oh, do you run here a lot? I'm like, no, I've been here one time in my life. It's like 20 minutes from where I live, but I would never come run here because it's so small. Um, but it was like, I want to say end of April. Um, and it was just too early in the season. All the actual mountains had too much snow. And um, But I was coming from skiing and I was trying to ski a lot of my volume. And I'd never skied before. I'd never trained like that before for running at all. And a couple of weeks before the race, I just had, I had a week where I just like, didn't run even. And I was like, had no idea where my fitness was at all. I came, I drove back. I was out West and I was driving back and I tried doing like a flat workout, kind of my last big one kind of before last real workout, probably before the race. And it was, I want to say it was like something that should have been pretty easy for me, like 12 I think it was 12 by a K on a minute jog. And it was supposed to be like, start at three Oh five and, you know, work down kind of, I couldn't hit a single split. Like I couldn't run like five minute pace for like a K, which was like three Oh seven for a K. I like yeah. couldn't hit anything. I was running so hard and I was like, this race is going to go terrible. I'm in terrible shape. Like everything I've done hasn't worked. And I think I was really just like, coming down from altitude and dehydrated and it was hot out. And I think it was all these other factors because um, the race went well, but I was like really panicked at the end of the race. I mean, you placed third in an uphill race and then you won the up and down race, right? So it was yeah very um, successful. So it, national like, championship. it like went well, but I was like, <laughs> oh no, I'm not in any kind of fitness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very funny. Yeah. Do you have any like key workouts that really boost your confidence that you always do before a race or you're not that kind of athlete that you need you know that confidence going into a race i mean the, your example shows that you don't have to prove yourself in training basically and it's an approach well, that i very much agree with but you know some people <laughs> have these sort of key workouts that they always tend to do before a big race or an a race do you have any of that yeah so like and i know that's the right thing is you shouldn't have to prove your fitness to yourself and like i i you know it feels so good to do that and then it like it does get you excited um i'll say the biggest thing with the trails though is that it's so hard to have one that's specific to the trails um and so Ben and I have talked about it. So Ben is coaching me as well. Um, ben and I have talked about it and we're like, 
you know, we should just establish some uphill route and that's your like fitness test that we like can base things off of. Um, we haven't done that yet. And there's a couple like options of things to do that way that I think would be good ideas. But right now it's just been, there's just no metrics. And so it's tough. Like of course. on the track, like if you're in 5k shape and you're doing you know, like a VO two max workout and it's like four by mile off four minutes or something. And I remember I was training in Seattle and I had one, um, I was training with a couple, uh, like, uh, Amos Bartlesmeyer, who's been on, he's not on Bowerman anymore. He's with union now, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Sam Prakel and will go Hegan. And we were training in Seattle and we were like in 5k shape. And so we did this one like mile repeat workout and, you know, it comes to the last rep and you're like, you know, it's just kind of like, just rip this one, like go out hard and, you know, run controlled, but run hard. And, you know, we run like, I ran like 409 and like felt, felt so good. It was like, oh, I could have broken four on that last rep. Like I felt so good. And then it gets in your head and you get like so excited, but I think it can also have a backwards effect where you're like too confident and then you think the race is going to feel easy and the race feels terrible always because yeah. it's a race. um because everyone so, runs hard and everyone is in good shape <laughs> like off of that workout like i sh i was in very good shape all my workouts had gone great but i didn't run very well like mm -hmm. we flew out to boston and ran a 5k and i ran mm -hmm. like 1338 and i i was just in a lot better shape than that um yeah well that was frustrating right And so it's been nice on the trails having all of that gone and it's just racing, um, which yeah. is why I like running is just racing and yeah. the metrics I don't really care about. Don't matter as much. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting what you said. So you think that for example, running a flat tempo or say a 10 by 1k workout and seeing like impressive splits like say you're running a i don't know eight mile tempo at mm -hmm. five minute pace and you feel in control like easy do you think that can mean anything for your trail fitness and your racing pot potential on trails or not so much it's so hard because for because for me it does translate pretty well like if i run fast on flat then I know that I can, like, regardless how much I've trained on trails, I'm in good fitness and usually a trail race goes well. Yeah. And I do think it means something, right? Like you're, it at least means you're fit. You're and fit. That's yeah. <laughs> um, I think one thing with workouts too, and especially something like a tempo where people can get in trouble is like, a tempo could mean so many things, right? Yeah. It's like, how hard was it? can be that? too fast, of course. Yeah. It can be like a threshold type of session. Yeah. So more, you're like, more easily than a tempo. Yeah. And you're like nervous about it. And so it's like, you're like trying to see if you're fit. And so then maybe you ran too hard. But like, in reality, if you were to do an eight mile race of the same, I don't know. I just think sometimes people like put too much on that. Um, And it's been nice training with Ben because he's very much like against that. Um, 
one I remember the one of the first stories he told me was that um because it's just like when you're fatigued you can't express fitness right of course. and so he was saying that he was doing you know a Mich- yeah, Michigan workout it's like a famous like track kind of workout where it's like mm-hmm. like a mile it's like mile 12 8 4 broken up with tempo sections um but I think Ben was doing like yeah, like 2K tempo, mile 2K tempo, yeah, that kind of thing. And he was getting ready to go race a 5K in Europe. And it was like a Friday or Saturday race. And it was like a Tuesday and he went to do this workout. And he said he was like running all out and couldn't break 430 in the mile. And he ran like 431, 432. And he was like, man, what the heck? Like, he's so frustrated. He's like, I'm just too tired. And so he didn't even cool down walked off the track, got in his car, drove home, took a nap and like took the rest of the day off. I think he may have taken the next day completely off. And he went to Europe that weekend and ran like 1304. Yeah. But like couldn't run 430 in the mile that week. And so I think people just, yeah, I think it just kind of goes to show that you can put too much stock in workouts when it's just a workout. You know, the old... Uh, quote from Lydiard, you can't train hard and race hard sim- simultaneously. I think yeah. it's it's very true. Yeah. And um, also like I it's it's easy to overestimate yourself from you know the splits, the 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 workouts that you're doing in training and think okay. that it can translate to a certain performance in a race. Like say you're running you know, a tempo, which is actually maybe a threshold, but it's not like during the race, you can run much faster. Like you, you can run a little bit faster, but it's not like that much um, yeah. for, you know, a 10K or half marathon type of type of effort. Yeah. So um, it's easy to, to get caught on that. And um, yeah. But for someone like you, you know, like you've done, you've done enough tempos, like you're a mature athlete, like you've done enough of those that you do know like oh objectively like it should probably feel like this hard and like you know so it's hard it can just be a way that people can you just have to be really honest with yourself i think on it exactly Um, and if you're gonna go do a tempo like you said and it's like an eight mile tempo and you're like oh no like it did feel good like i know that means like i'm fitter than last year um then yeah of course that's just a good sign i just think people tend to put maybe too much emphasis on it and try to get it's like insecurity they're like am i fit am i fit am i fit and then it's like you're trying to figure out from every day are you fit like oh today's run didn't go well maybe i'm not fit it's like or maybe you just like didn't sleep well last night maybe you're just stressed from fighting with your you know, like boyfriend or like <laughs> um yeah tra- i think sometimes training is a way to ad- address your insecurities and it shouldn't be that you know it should be hard not to though (laughs) just uh you know training is just a stress that you're putting your body so that you can get an adaptation and then you can benefit from that adaptation and get fitter that's what training is i think so we shouldn't forget that i think But then we're also type A and then we forget that like, oh, last time we did this workout, it was actually 20 degrees warmer. And yeah, you know, like, or, of or course, anything. all the variables are like 
go out of the window and you just focus on the splits and you just want to hit those splits. And if you don't see those splits, then you're going to be disappointed. So that's been like a very nice thing from leaving the track mindset a bit. Um, and I still do track workouts like and stuff, but for the most part, they're not these like big specific workouts, right? Like the specific workouts I do are, uh, you know, on a mountain somewhere and there's, you know, the footing is never the same. The temperatures are never the same. The route is sometimes not even the same. And so none of the data means all that much. Um, and so it's just about your effort and how hard, you know, was the workout supposed to be? And it was this, you know, that it's all of the like nonsense is kind of out the door and it's just about the running, which is my favorite thing. Yeah. 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 I, I do think the same. Awesome. Well, it's a discussion that we could uh, <laughs> keep on going forever. Um, but you also mentioned a few other interesting things that I wanted to ask you about. And uh, first of all, your training group, Northwood athletic team, uh, led by the legend Ben True, who's been a huge inspiration for me. It's one of the U.S. athletes that I, I've always admired most. Um, there is a, like a super nice video that Saucony made uh, about Ben and his transition from cross-country skiing to running. Uh, it's <laughs> called The Long Wolf. I was very inspired by that. And I, I've, I've just been following Ben on, you know, social media. He doesn't post very much, but then like Strava and just, you know, it's, it's training, racing and everything. And I find it very interesting that he's basically training with a small team because you're just four people. Uh, it's you, Ben, Eric, Lapuma, and Lauren Gregory. And basically he's, he's training with three trail runners. Yeah, <laughs> three mountain runners, and he's still a like a track road runner, marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and before I moved out here, he yeah. was completely alone for. Yeah, like he's the lone wolf. Seven years, um, and I think some of the brands like Saucony during that time really leaned into it, but he didn't want to be training alone. He just really wanted to be training here. Um, yeah. And so he had tried and he moved out to Oregon and trained with the uh, Oregon track club for a little while. Yes. I, I remember. Um, but then it just, didn't work for him and he moved back to New Hampshire, I, Vermont. He moved back here um, and has been running here since. Um, and it's, How do you it, combine it, your training with Ben? Like what sort of sessions do you do together? Yeah. So, I mean, and when I was training on the track with him, it was a little different. So like he would do, it would be something like he would be doing two Ks and I would be doing like, I would lead um, like um, the first mile. And then I would like basically step off because his workouts were just like it's so freaking fast. Yeah. I mean, his um, Strava is, is pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, maybe two or three years ago, even more, but he yeah. was running at very good mileage at a very, very fast pace. Yeah. He's, his tempos yeah. are impressive. 
the tempos are so funny too because there was one day he went out on the river and he was doing like a 12k like push and he wanted me to pace him for the first two miles and it's he went up the river the whole time so it's like up uphill the whole way um and he was like yeah could you just pace me through the first two miles run like 920 and i was like yeah okay uphill (laughs) uphill, like and so i was 920 i was like 920 921 through two miles and he pat he had passed me and was like 917 918 and just kept cranking it down and averaged 435 for pace for the 12k just on a random like Wednesday on the river. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. <laughs> so fast. Um, I was like, I don't think I could have stayed in on that day, like all that much longer. Like it was just a hard run. Um so yeah, the stuff he does is so impressive. But I'm trying to he's getting out more and more on the trails. I think it's mm. hard to get him out on the trails too much because uh, the Appalachian Trail runs through the town here, and as soon as you get on it, it is like hard work to run like 10, 11 minute miles because it's so technical right in town. Um, but anything on the dirt roads that's really hilly or anything that's like wider, um, not super technical, like just a bit rocky or rooty and that kind of stuff, he loves. Um, so we run trails a lot. Um, yeah. Right now, I've just been doing most of my, I'll do like all my easy mileage with him, um, strides and stuff and um, workouts. He'll come and like hold a stopwatch or bike with me a lot. And, you know, like he'll do a tempo or like he'll reps um, with me still for sure. Um, But I haven't gotten him out to do any of the like really steep hill climbs yet, but (laughs) hopefully (laughs) <laughs> do you think he'll ever jump in a trail race i would love it i can't i can't tell, I can't tell. Um, um you try you should try to convince him we should try you, you should tell him that you know grayson uh murphy his teammate has been so successful running on track yeah. and trails and you've been successful you should try it's, the same it's been interesting too because like if he were to do something like Mount Washington, like it would be so cool. And it's like, rip it. I mean, it would be so good. Like he would run so well. Um, I just can't. And when Sam Chalanga did it last year, um, I was like, Oh, this might be like, this might convince Ben to do it. Cause Sam used to train with Ben out here. Um, but he, I just can't tell. He might not, he might never do it. Um, which would be a loss because whenever we run trails, he tends to get like any, any like distraction when he's running. So like I would be doing like some of his marathon runs with him and like bike with him and like hand him water and fuel and stuff. And whenever he'd be like taking water on his pace would just like drop. He'd start like hammering. I'd be like, what are you doing? Like (laughs) you get distracted or something and just start like running so hard. And so it's the same on trails. Whenever we like, whenever the trail gets like tough, we just start like, it's just like so hard. Like this is not an easy run anymore. And you go back to the, like the gap on that mile will be like sub five. And you're like, what the heck? Like we were running so hard. Um, I'd love for him to do one. I just, I can't tell. Um, but yeah, we have a, 
the team has been fun. Um, Eric lives not right here. He's like a, probably an hour away. Yeah. Um, we're trying to convince him to move down this way. Um, and then Lauren, Lauren will be focusing on the track, um, like through the trials, but doing trail races as well. Um, so she'll be racing probably a lot of, I think she'll probably end up focusing on the 5k. Um, and hopefully that will let her strength-based 5k. She should be able to do a lot of mountain racing very well still. Yeah. Um, and then we have a couple other people who have just joined that we haven't announced yet. Um, oh, nice. So we're really trying to get the team going and it would be awesome. Awesome to have like a co-located trail team. Yeah. Um, and you know, do training camps together and go out all, all of these things. It would be awesome. Um, yeah. Our new, our new woman is down in Chile doing the speed project right now. She just, mm. she finished already. Um, cool. but yeah, we'll hopefully announce her this week. I'm waiting for her to send me some videos so I can post it on the Instagram. Um, awesome. So and- like, since the team is not backed up by any brand, it can be, you know, any athlete from any sponsor, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the goal, right? Is like all of the shoe brands, it, it's like kind of tough because then the athlete is attached to their sponsor, the coach, like their friends and training partners are all the same. And if one of those things goes wrong, they like lose everything. Um, and so that's tough, I think for the athletes. So right now the real focus is, you know, have, a group of athletes to train together and try to support them, um, through other avenues. And right now we have a club team, um, that we're building out to that right now has like, you know, there's a waiting list for the next year, but you know, I think it'll probably have somewhere. I think probably we'll have like 50 or so athletes once we open up the sign up again. And, um, we give them jerseys and that kind of stuff and racing and, um, and that's where some of the funding for the team co- comes from right now there's really not much funding right now mm-hmm. we're asking basically so like hey come train with us um we are trying to build a thing and you know yeah i mean some- first you build the thing and then maybe you ask you find partnerships and you develop the projects but i think the human material should definitely come first yeah, so we're talking to people like like Sunto we're talking to you right now and, and things like that. It's just tough to get off the ground, yeah. obviously. Um, obviously. But with Lauren moving out here, it's been a big help because she's a big name. Um, and yeah, it'll just be good to keep the momentum going and have people keep racing well and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to follow you. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um on the Northwood Athletic um, team bio biography, um, I wanted to read your little, you know, biography that you put out because okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting and it represents um, your approach to to trail running and running in general. It mentions currently working to shift the opinion of sub ultra trail races from recreational to legitimate comparable in both prestige and competitions 
to the likes of Hard Rock or West Estate, um, which is a you know a mission that I I support very much, coming from a similar background as you. How far do you think we've got into this process? I think it's definitely on the way. Um, I think it's tough in the U.S. because the culture is just behind those really long distance um, races. But the more people I've talked to in the industry, um, it the, it's really shifting, I think. And that's super exciting. I think for me, that's what running's always kind of been. Um, and I think growing up in Maine, like you see all these cross country races in the U S that are out in California or Texas that are really, really fast and great footing and all these things, but really growing up any cross country race I did was a trail race. Um, we would be racing on single track in high school. Um, that wasn't smooth all the time. I remember. Yeah. Or like there were times where we'd be running up under a little ski lift at a, at a high school during a cross country race. And so it was really just trail running. Um, and so that's what it's always been to me. And I, I just didn't know that trail running was like yeah. as big as it was when I was in high school and all that stuff. I was really insulated, um, just in a really small town, in a, you know, there wasn't all the running I knew was track and road. Um, but then as I've gotten more and more into the trail world, it's like, it makes total sense that the short distance stuff should be, I don't know. I think it should be bigger. It's more accessible, right? Like all At least it should be highlighted as much as yeah. the longer distances. I think they have the same dignity. There is just, yeah, I was saying it should just be the same value in running, you know, a fast 10 K up and down race and a hundred miler. But since the the focus in is not so much on the quality of performance, but just on whether you're able or not to finish a race, of course it's more difficult to finish a hundred miler than a ten k race. So, like it's just different from you know athletic and track and field, where basically the only real variable is time. So like performance. And on trails, there is much more than that. And it's it's great, but at a high level, I think we should shift a little bit this perspective and start paying more attention to how people, how athletes are performing. Yeah. And I think I think either it will follow, especially with you know, since Instagram is full of short clips of running, mm -hmm. um you see you know, Walm that there's a video at UTMB of Walmsley like attacking Zach Miller. Yeah. Um, and it's an attack, right? But it's during UTMB. Like, it's not that exciting because they're not running that fast. It's exciting with the context of the race. True, of course. Like, it's super impressive considering that they're running for 20 hours, and the people yeah. who watch this video know that, so they yeah. understand the value behind then, that performance but then for like the average person of course it's much more impressive to see you know Remy Bonnet running up a hill or yeah. Patrick keeping you know uh winning the you know VK world championship or, but, or you know the action of the up and down world championship was so exciting 
and yeah. it's a race that only lasts for 50 minutes or an hour. Or like some of the sky races when they're doing those really technical descents yeah. and you can see that. I think it's it can lend itself much more to a short form video content like Instagram. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, videos- even for the live broadcast, I think like you've seen the how the 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 focus of the Golden Tour series has shifted from three four hour races to a two hour type of format because it's better for TV broadcasts. Um, they've seen that people are more excited, more interested in that type of that type of race, um, which I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, for myself right as like someone who's in the sport and trying to make it their career is like i can race all the time doing short races right like you just can't do that many longer races and so for me i like the idea of being able to race a lot um it the exposure you can give to your brand is is probably bigger like you you're out there yeah many more times than someone who's running ultras that may be doing two or three races a year. And of course they are big races and there is a ton of value in that. But if you're doing short, short mountain races, you can do 10, 15 races in a, in a year. And in, in terms of the sport, I think too growing, it's just, if you wanted to, if you had a race in a, any local town and you're like, it's 50 miles, no one can do that you know like no one's gonna sign up it's 50 miles it's not very accessible yeah it's hard to get people to do and here we'll do you know their local steep hard races out here that you see people who are you know 75 and you know doing these races that i'm i genuinely there was one a handful of weeks ago it's called cranmore they hosted usa's in 2017 maybe and there's this climb that hits like 53% grade. Like it's so steep. And I finish and then I'm watching everyone else finish. And there's like some people, I don't know how they possibly, like I was so impressed. Like, I don't know how they did it. And, um, but you know, it was accessible enough that people who, you know, may not be able to do a 50 miler. Um, Maybe you are not that used to running or not used to trail running they get excited about it and they they pick it up and then maybe that's the avenue into getting to the longer races and i think i just think it should just be both yeah both just at a high level yeah yeah i think it's the culture and the interest is is definitely shifting uh also from a media standpoint and uh from a brand standpoint because like sponsored athletes used to be able to make a living pretty much only in the ultra world. And right now that that's not true anymore. Like there is plenty of short distance athletes who are sponsored and can make a living as pro athletes who are racing the short distances. So there is definitely more attention. The racing culture is, is shifting uh, across those disciplines. Yeah. And I think it just makes sense. Like if I was a brand like team manager, I would want to pick and it's biased. Right. But like, I would want to pick someone maybe like myself who would do short races. And as they grow 
older, right? Then they like, you start doing these longer races and the races get longer as the career goes. But then you can also be, you can transform that into like adventure racing and FKTs and all of these things that are like, yeah, it's like this whole spectrum. Um, And I think that way you can sponsor an athlete for a very long time, as opposed to like, you get someone who's established as an ultra racer and you can get them for two years maybe. And then they maybe are like towards the end of their career already. And it's like, I love the idea of being able to work with, and that's why I like Brooks a lot too, is they're very good with that is just working with the brand for a long time and, you know, really developing that and have that support be, be there and not just kind of switching between teams all the time. Yeah, I think as an athlete, it gives you much more confidence and you don't have to worry about, you know, whether your sponsor is happy or not about your performances. You just know that he's there to support you through the good and bad times. And I think that confidence is is crucial for an athlete. I think most people probably don't have that. Um, Yeah, of course. (laughs) This is at a pro level, but... But, important. but I do like that idea. And like, that's what I want to do. I want to get more and more into you know, like projecting FKTs and, um, you know, ideally some of those FKTs aren't just pure running. I think I would love if they, they were kind of bigger mountain adventures eventually. Um, cause that's just kind of what I'm interested in long-term. Yeah. 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 Just uh, explore everything that yeah. there is into running and, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty unique sport and it's not all about racing. It's about FKTs and the culture and the outdoor and the nature. All these aspects are, are still are always very important. And uh, like myself as an athlete, I, I don't want to, to forget them just because I'm competing. So yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't think I always do a good job balancing those. I think sometimes I let my, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because we're so caught up into competing into the competitions um, because it requires so much commitment. I mean, it's, it's normal, but I think as we grow older and more experienced, there is, you know, room for, for different things. Um, you're still very young. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it'll change slowly. Yeah. All right. Um, last question before we close off. Um, you mentioned that you're in a sort of almost end of season. Um, are you planning to take a break after your last race of 2023? Uh, and, uh, how's your 2024 going to look like? Do you have any racing plans uh, already or any exciting news that you can share with us? Yeah. Um, so right now going to do um, a race out in Thailand on December 10th. It should be a 25K. Um, I was really looking at the schedule and like I haven't been able to race very much this summer. Um, and really, yeah, I got COVID out in Austria at Worlds and raced terribly out there because I was just so sick. Um, I didn't know it was COVID. And so I think racing twice with COVID really set me back. Didn't help. Um, 
No. And so then I had to take a couple months off. I couldn't train, couldn't get my heart rate up, couldn't, yeah, all this stuff. So the season ended up getting really delayed. Um, and so now I'm, I've, I'm like, I've taken all this downtime already. All right. Like I don't feel burnt out. I don't feel like I'm still tired. You don't really need an off season. <laughs> so I think I'll probably take, um, downtime in reducing structure, increasing yeah. volume, like having fun with it. So I'll probably just make the runs be a little more of what we were talking about. Just like enjoy adventuring around instead of like having it really structured and just put only time um, goals on everything, you know, like be out for two hours, be out for three hours, um, those kinds of things and not worry about classic structure training. Um, and it's the same thing, but I think when you can, you can just tweak it a little bit and you can not stress on it. So that's what I'll do. Take some time, no workouts and just do fun volume. And then, um, I the, mind, love- the mindset makes a lot of difference. Uh, so- it can, you you know, it can be the same type of training, but how you're approaching it can make all the difference. Like instead of clat, like distance based reps where you want to hit a certain time, you can just do like a fart lick. And yeah. so it's instead of K's, you go for three minutes and it's the yeah. same exact thing, but it feels so different. Yeah. Um, so then I'll probably, I would love to do a sky racing, mm-hmm. uh, sky running race this coming year. Um, I would like to dip my toes into that. And then I'm really waiting for schedules to be released. Yeah. Uh, Got to figure out how to piece together stuff. I've heard there's more races for the golden trail series this year. Yes. Uh, and figuring out how to, how to do those and get to the final. Um, I think that's seems to be the path that good value. Um, so I'd good. like to do, do some of the bigger races and, you know, race in Europe uh, a handful of times, if not many times. Um, I think I want to be base base over there for at least a month next year. Um, train a lot and get really fit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, come hang out here in Italy in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to. I, I, mean, I, mean, I follow all your stuff and it's just always like, oh, it looks so good. Um, I'll be chances to to catch up i'm sure oh i guess for an announcement um i did i hate doing this i hate doing this but uh <laughs> i started a youtube channel and oh awesome for the winter is to kind of put time into that um i right now it'll just be i have very few little videos up but i want to start putting some more time into that and Love basically bringing gopro out on adventures yeah I love it. I will make sure I subscribe and follow you. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good luck for your racing talent and for your 2024. Yeah, thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to our great interview today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us with a rating and a review in your podcast player or by sharing it on social media, tagging me and Vertron. We would really appreciate that. If you haven't already downloaded the Vertron app, I encourage you to do so. 
There, you can connect for free with our trail runners of all levels in the Fertran community in our in-app groups. You can stay in trail shape with our free workout videos and get affordable coaching for your next trail running goal for only $25 a month. Thanks again for being here today. Until next time, I'm Francesco Puppi. Thank you for listening to Running Long.